Hello everyone, welcome to the 5-1 show. This is episode number three. Hopefully you've enjoyed listening and watching to the first two episodes. They're on the on YouTube and they're on Spotify if you have not already seen them. Um, it's also all over our Facebook page, type in the 5-1 Speedway show and you'll find us on Facebook. Like us, share us, do whatever you want with it. You know, share it to your friends, your family, anyone. You know, but episode three is going to be a good one because this guy managed to get uh, a few rides in Europe this year, as well as starting the year off in Australia this year. He's a bit like uh, James Shane's and having a few uh, rides out, but uh, he's also ridden for Mildenhall last year and he rode for Eastbourne, uh, as well as riding for Cradley and having his debut with Lakeside. It is the one and only Jason Edwards. Hi, everyone. Yeah, yeah. thanks for having me on this, Neil. Uh, really looking forward to this and... Hopefully, have a entertain a few people, have a good little chat. Well, that's the name of the game with this one, mate. It's a case of you know if we can stir up or make any good stories out of this, mate, it'd be worthwhile. But uh, what we'll do is we'll uh, start off by saying, how's your 2020 year been, both on and off track? Yeah, I mean, like I've been one of the lucky few to like. Well, I've got a few rides type things. Like this year, racing side of it, we haven't done loads. It's not been our normal year. Like obviously. Like sometimes even because my mum puts all the dates in the calendars and sits me and think, listen, Nick, how do we like do that? So we're at Berwick and Mildenhall and yeah, mm-hmm. some long old drives. But at the same time, this year's been one like one of probably my biggest learning years. At uh, the same time, because like we've had uh, Ian Simpson, ADPI and everything. He's put so much effort and money into training days for us. Um, and he's been with Jason Crump, and honestly, that's been unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I've been doing trips to Europe and stuff like that. Done a few. And even just stuff at home, like we've got loads to do, we've done lots of stuff. And yeah, looking back, you don't realise actually quite how much to do until you look back. So yeah, it's, it's, although it's been weird, it's, yeah, it's been brilliant at the same time. Yeah, I mean, I've seen a few things uh, like everyone else does on your Facebook. We're trying to keep yourself active during this, the non-riding time we had. Um, of you, wasn't it? You built, a, you'd done your workshop out, um, and then wasn't it? You, I, I think I saw was you hanging your bike off some bungee cord, <laughs> something like that, and getting your laps in that way. Yeah, we we had uh, Ian Smalley, uh, who does all like Eastbourne social media stuff, and that mm-hmm. he he messaged me just to try and do like a little thing for the Eastbourne fans, kind of like a life in lockdown type thing, and. Yeah, I was filming little bits and bobs doing everything from because built a new fence and stuff like that for the donkeys and whatever. And then we thought we'd just end it with a bit of fun and we got like the Spiro GT15 game up and then just some strap stuff and sewered it. Eric Ristal off the bike and um, yeah, no, it's all a bit of fun. But at the same time, I couldn't quite believe some of the reaction to it type thing. Mm-hmm. Like it's not real speedway and stuff like that. But at the same time, everyone interacted and hopefully it just lifted a few people's moods. So. Yeah, it lifted our moves anyway, having a mess about. So. Well, yeah, it killed any boredom. I can imagine it was more the boredom than anything else. But uh, no, like you said, it was it got a good reaction on Facebook. I remember myself when I looked at it, I thought, oh bloody hell, he's going, he's going for it. He wants to get the season going. He's ready, you know. He's getting his training in. He can't get on the track. This is the next best thing, type of thing. But uh, no, but it's good to hear that you've uh, managed to keep yourself busy. And like you say, your mum always has the organisation of everything. So, but. Um, so you managed to get to ride, managed to ride in Europe this year. Just tell everyone sort of how many meetings you managed to do out there this year. Yeah, so the the first one, and it wasn't. If you look back at a normal season, you think our oh, first meeting just on a fun kind of simple meeting. But no, our, my first one was the under nineteen European semi in Pardubice, and yeah, I went there last year and everything. It went really well, qualified, and yeah, I was 
dead excited to go back and it was just like right we've got a meeting put all the practice in we can and just go for this one meeting um i if anyone's been to part of the beach and if you haven't it's it's almost like your dream speedway kind of place like they hold the gold helmet there every year and they've got grandstands everywhere it's packed out obviously for like a youth mean it's not like that but the same thing is it's in the middle of the town and it's a big old track yeah. like just the width of it and yeah it's it's just honestly like a pleasure just to get to ride it and race it so yeah i did that and like the meeting itself wasn't the best but it was one of those meetings where because i didn't do very well you kind of look back here and you actually i've learned a lot load from that meeting from setups to gearing to just the size of the track setting the bike up differently and yeah just bits like that that really made a difference so we did that we've done the two british meets i think it's only two we did the under 19s and under 21s we got the under 19s at Scunthorpe. Um, another one where it was kind of a bit up and down, and yeah. I got excluded um, from like a communication error and stuff like that. But no, the British meetings have been brilliant just to just to get racing on. Because mm. at the end of the day, the more meetings we get over here, the more likely we are to do something next year. So yeah, yeah being included in them was brilliant. And my favourite one this year was we went out to Gustro in Germany. Oh yeah, um, yeah, another incredible little out they've got there and mm. the weather forecast like going into it it was, it was raining all day the day before it was raining and we're thinking oh god is it going to be on we traveled out there and everything like that and we got there and the tracks all covered on it everywhere's oh. got covers and we were kind of like right okay we've got a bit of hope more hope here and everything can they can as it is with an fia meet and there's the proper time schedule when you kind of stick to it um and then Practice got cancelled, so Nilvatch um, took me and Jordan um, away, and he organised all our hotel rooms. We went out to this um, uh, restaurant and stuff like that, and then we got back, and it was like still raining. And we're like, well, oh. and then there were so many different things going on. What's going to happen? And as a rider, you're kind of like, you, 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 in yourself, you're like, right, you got to be ready. Mm. But at the same time, everyone's telling you different things, and but then they pulled the covers off within minutes it was like I don't know like 100 people on the track chucking the tyres off straight into barrels and we went out for practice and it, it's dusty and we're like what the <laughs> hell is going on here but it was it was and then like just to get the meeting on and like they're the best kids in Europe and mm. like me and Jordan came off one of the races and we're like did we put the sandwich on the side that one because like <laughs> it's, the, it's not their reactions but they just yeah. the, the, the speed they get from like the tape to the actual first bend and put in the bike that was yeah, that was pretty crazy. Um, like speed around the track's not massively different, but yeah, you come away just thinking, perfect, starts. It's just that, uh, like, like anything, it's that gating. That's all it yeah. is. It's gear for the line. Um, and I know, you know, you're you can be very consistent at gating, and obviously most sometimes, like everyone else, you're human and you can make loads of bad starts. But yeah. you know, Gustro. I mean, I've seen Gustro on TV. It's a nice small little track start lines in the middle of the foot third and fourth bend um and uh you know but yeah i mean like you say you run against the best in europe i mean if you look at even when tom done the was it european under 19 final in poland you know he was against some top boys in that meeting as well so if you look across europe you know you guys did very very well in the competition that you're in you know um and like you say having a wet meeting and all of a sudden it comes to a dust bowl because the covers yeah. have been on you know it must have it must have confused your mind a little bit with setups yeah it, it was like whenever you go to a meeting as a rider i don't know if everyone else does it you must have done it but like i was in the van and you're you're watching videos you're watching yeah. as many videos as you can 
especially if you haven't been there before, you're working out which bend they passed on, where the lines are, stuff like that. And then you get there, and the track's always completely different. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. It's the same place. And yeah, it's like, you obviously, we always have a rough idea and everything, but the lucky thing with that club, those mean you get practice. So you could kind of, it's not like you go straight into heat one and then you're like, right, we're miles out here. We need to make some sort of change. <laughs> but you can kind of get it roughly right. But yeah, like, honestly, like the machinery they had at Gustro was like, it's just unbelievable what they have. I, I, the money's obviously got to come from somewhere, like it always does, whether it's government and council funded and mm. stuff like that. But like, they, they were going around on the tracks where we have one or two tractors just going around. They had like five, six of them, one tire packing, one grading, one watering, one spinning it. Yeah. And then you after two minutes the whole track completely completely mm. changed. And then we're out again. Yeah. And it was it it was it was one of those things where just being involved in the meeting, it just opened your eyes to so many things. And mm. yeah, they're the type of experiences that just change the way you look at things and the way you ride and yeah, the more opportunities we get, it's just amazing. But like I say, with those meetings, we can't thank Neil Vatcher enough for like organising it mm. and stuff like that because the amount of effort, time, and just the time he spends with us talking, and yeah, he's phenomenal. You can't mm. put a negative thing about Neil. I mean, it's not just Neil Vatcher, but it's the whole new Team GB setup. Because I know you're, I know you're one of the juniors who's heavily involved with the like the off-track side as well as the on-track side. But um, just going back to the meeting in Gustro and things like that, and obviously part of these, um, is this going to be hopefully your foot in the door to try and get into riding in Germany, doing open meetings and in Checo and Denmark, Sweden, those sort of places? Is that your sort of goal for next season then? Yeah, hopefully. And like, obviously at the moment, no one knows what's happening with of the course, British yeah. season over here. But it's like, I think the, big, the, the next step would be to do open meetings. And like, obviously you're under 19 European meetings. They're kind of like your individual and pairs and stuff, which then you can, if you do well and get enough points, you can kind of then just, you kind of rack, uh, rank yourself between the others and then you get your foot into open mm. and then I guess then it comes to be team face. But yeah, for me, like I say, it's just get as much riding out there as I can, in, hopefully in order to then be able to set up myself up and then be able to ride there um, on a regular basis. But that's another thing. Obviously, you've got to be it's easier if you get set up out there. Yeah. Like driving to um part of these just sixteen odd hours, seventeen odd hours. You can't you can't do that every week. No, no, like, no we way. We <laughs> all we want to do is just fly jet away and it's easy. But like it's like when you hear the old stories of some of the old ones um on different podcasts around when they mm. say they just chucked the bike on the trailer, drove all night. Well, they didn't even have a van. They didn't have no. anywhere to sleep or do anything like that. So yeah, it's it's perspective again. Just, just send your dad in the van and you fly. Simple. There you go. That's that. That's that sort of thing. <laughs> but, uh, but no. I mean, I've been to. Fortunately, I've been to Pada Beach to watch the Golden Helmet uh, a few years ago. Um, and yeah, it, the, the track out there is awesome. You know, it, it, even when I was riding, I said after I've been there, I said I wouldn't mind riding around it because it just looks so so much fun to ride. It's huge. If you go and ever go and watch there, it's huge and it's flat as a pancake. But for some reason, it, the, the racing there is brilliant. You know, and uh, of course you can't have much there on it because it being so flat and so and, and everything else there. But you know, um, how many points did you score in, in your meeting in part of it, Sam? Two. Yeah, I did like to say that really. <laughs> nah, well, no, well, it's two. It's two points of experience anyway. Put it that way. Yeah, like it, it was an eventful meeting. Like I had heat one, and I was off four early on in the meeting, and you always know it's going to be a bit of a struggle, but you always go in the mindset right. 
just make a flyer, get straight to just cut everyone off and then you can ride your own race. And I missed the start slightly and tried squaring it off up the inside of everyone. And yeah, I wasn't anywhere off the first bend. And, <laughs> and with a track like that, because there's such long straights, mm. as soon as you've lost your speed, it's like going on the motorway off a lay-by. Yeah. You, you're not going to catch them. You've lost too much speed and everything like that. So that was... And then the next race, I was I went into it um, and I made a fire. I was, I was, in, uh, I was in first and battling for first. Mm. And then another kid, I, I don't know what, I think it was a Latvian or something. You never know their name sometimes. <laughs> and then, yeah, you yeah, just come up the inside and I tried clamping him because obviously if you clamp them, you'd shut in the door. And then he came back and just smashed me straight away. <laughs> and then, yeah, as it is, part of beast is it's like MotoGP. You've got plenty of runoff. Yeah. And I'm just sliding and skating away across into the air fence. So then I'm sitting there thinking, right, sit here, give my dad some more time. <laughs> and then and then my exclusion like came on and then yeah then obviously then it's like the walk of shame back to the pits but um yeah yeah it was but then it then tipped it down with rain and then it was just um it wasn't as good from there but like i say things like that getting excluded but knowing you're in it mm. it's sometimes better than just running a last or running a win but nothing really phasing me so yeah it was a real eye-opening thing that was yeah, I can imagine so. I mean, it took a, it had to take one ride to actually try and go through then to get past you then, really. <laughs> you well, know? yeah, basically. Yeah. I thought so, my elbows were big enough, but no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but it, it just proves that you are on the cusp of that sort of level already. Um, but, you know, it, it won't be long, I don't think. I mean, I think the problem is that a lot of yourself, Drew, Jordan, who all went out there, and even Tom, the problem is you didn't have any racing underneath your belts before you went into these meetings. I mean, you might have had a few practices at Scunthorpe or Kingsley or somewhere like that, but it's not the same as chucking your leg over with yeah. three other blokes either side of you sort of thing. But, you know, but go and come back over to, to this, these shores. You did the under-21s uh, at Berwick, which uh, is the English equivalent of Parley Beach, I suppose. Apart from it's got a bit of banking on it. You know, but it's... Uh, how did that... How did the under-21s go for you this year? Uh, we we got there and obviously they had so much rain. They were just mm. so lucky to get that meeting on. And like they were saying the day before, they had to they were pumping water off and just just trying to get as much off as they can. And obviously Berwick, if you've never been there, it's around a football pitch, yeah. so it's got long old straights. And then you kind of cross the corner post, and they have bought it in a little bit. Um, mm. But yeah, it's a it's a fast old track, but. Uh, I was kind of there or thereabouts, but it was kind of just like seconds and a third, and it was kind of just in the middle ground. So, um, but like even watching like Dan at that meeting, you kind of you think you're going like when you're riding, you're thinking, oh, right, I'm quick down that straight mm. and quickening him, and then you you just go and watch Dan Dewey, and it just it, it just it just again just shows how in your mind you need to improve that thing. Like sometimes you're literally sitting down the straight. But you're not flat out. You think no. you're going fast, and then you watch someone like Dan, and you, he's just pulling away, pulling away, and yeah, it's incredible what people like that can do. And that's what for me is always whenever you watch someone else, you're trying to study them and stuff like that. But yeah, very, it, it was it was an okay meeting and everything for me. But like I say, it was kind of just I was there or thereabouts. Yeah. So never, never just a little bit more. And I guess that's one of the annoying things about Speedway is it's such fine margins between mm. everything. Like if you go um, compared to like a if you do a championship race compared to a GP race, it's probably not the biggest in difference in time. 
it's just that bit off the start, that bit off the bend. Yeah. It's only a little bit, so, yeah. But, I mean, even to ride against someone like Dan, who's ridden in Poland all season, done, uh, what was he done? We were done the Spear of Nations by then, um, and things like that. I mean, even just to chase him round, you know, like you said, you're learning from chasing him, really. Um, I mean, it'd be great if you managed to get in front of him and let him chase you down, because that'll make you go even quicker. Yeah. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, again, I think this year for yourself anyway, it's just been an experience year, because it's been one of those, it's been a really weird year. It's just nothing's gone right for whatever reason. And, now, and it's just like, you know, you managed to say, you started the year off right in Australia. And everything was looking yeah. all fine and dandy for this year. You know, coming back here, coming back as a, as a Test Series winner, riding with Ty and things like that. You know, I mean, that must have been a bit of big eye-opener for you. First going to Australia as a big eye-opener and then being plonked as a, as a teammate with Ty. Yeah, Australia, that was, that. yeah, that was just awesome. That was, mm. like, for the first thing, I've never been, I've never been on a plane on my own. So, a nice little short trip to get lost at the airport and then, Get, off, get halfway there and you're in Dubai and you think that way there that way. Um, but no, like just the the light the lifestyle experience of it first was just kind of it's your independence. Like yeah. obviously when you're at home you're with your parents, you're with your brother, and then you're it's all you're kind of it's not you're doing it all on your own. Mm. Um, but then I was incredibly lucky because I was um, I stayed with Matt Marsden who I was teammates with at Mildenhall um, yep. last year. And his family and everything like that, yeah, they're, you can't fault them. Like, his, his dad, um, he's got a tyre place and everything, so he's actually the import of the tyres, and Matt's got a fair few bikes, so all I take was an engine out, and, yeah, I didn't have to worry about any of that. They sorted it all, and from, from me being a 17-year-old going out there, it was kind of just, right, keep it simple, and yeah. I was lucky because Josh was out there as well, Bailey. Yep. So he was helping out at the meetings and we had like a little GP factory team with us three. And <laughs> it, it was just a good laugh in that sense. So yeah, I can't fault any of that. And that was absolutely amazing. And then the riding side, you go from, they've got the Pinja little track, which yep. is, oh, it's, when I first started, I started the Lakeside Academy, which is 90 metres. And it wouldn't have been a lot bigger than that. Mm. It's, and you kind of, right, okay. <laughs> and then so you go from that and then you go to um the mo the Perth Motorplex which is literally a, for the cars and for the buggies and I forget what they call it the, the Australians probably get quite offended they want to find me saying that but <laughs> yeah that's like a li that's like a little mini GP series for them mm. and everything which is a track with no fence you just go onto the clay track on the outside and then you go to the uh, the the main Pinja track, which is all brand new, state of the art, and they've put so much money in, and that was a brilliant track to ride, absolutely phenomenal. Good. Well, I mean, I know Pinja Park because I've seen videos of that, of how tiny that is. It's, it's yeah, it's a, bit like, a bit like Eastbourne Junior Track, or the old Junior yeah, Track, anyway. Yeah, you know. yeah, the Junior Track or the Pit Bike Track. Yeah, yeah. We just get this a uh, couple of five hundred going around it, and you've been back at Pinja, you know, it's been brilliant. But uh, yeah, I mean, going from I say going from a tiny, tiny track to uh, how big was the other track? Then was it like a three hundred meter track? Think, then something like that was yeah, it? Yeah, I, I think it's about three hundred forty meters. Mm. So it was so, nice to go from one really small, tight yeah. technical track to almost like a, a con complete contrast, where it's big yeah, and so wide and everything. So. So you've got one track where you put in the sprocket, which is as big as the wheel on, <laughs> and then you then 
having and then <laughs> then you're then cutting all the chain down yeah. to the bigger track. So you're going from this to that, and then like when we did the um the GB the test matches, we went we did the Friday night we did the little track, yeah, and then the next day we did the um the big track. But that was quite cool because it was that difference in ability. Like mm. Ty was kind of he was he was obviously outright the best rider, easy. Mm. But like you go from the little track like that, and he's kind of he's, he's winning the races, but he's not a mile off. And then you go to the big track, and he's round the board to ball out, like down the straight. He's like a, 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 an inch off the uh, off the front with an inch off the ball the whole way down the straight. And then <laughs> he just it just shows the class again. And yeah, that someone like Ty just being with him and stuff, mm. and watching him actually do it. Like he's had nothing special. He rocked mm. up in his truck. Chucked his kit bag on the floor, rode, drained the oil, went home. Yeah. It wasn't. He didn't. Have, it wasn't like a GP where he's got his big blokes as the mechanics bodyguarding <laughs> him and doing all of that. He's literally just a normal bloke with his socks right up, starting <laughs> out in Australia with his thongs on, and yeah. then he goes and just shows what he can do. So, yeah, it, some stuff like that was pretty cool again. Yeah, well, that that. That knowledge and that experience of riding with Ty, you know, is second to none. You know, it's it's the best you're going to get, really, because obviously world champion. You know, okay, yeah, like you say, he wasn't leading by a country mile, but I'm sure he was looking over his shoulder, seeing where you guys were. You know, to him, it's probably just an outright nice thing to ride back in Australia. Whereas you guys are going there for the experience and the will to win, whereas Ty's there just to help you and support you along the way and give you that experience. You know, but um, yeah. So anyway, you won that test series two 0 I bet you were pretty stoked with that when you uh, when you won that. Yeah, the, the the highlight for me was definitely the race because obviously the way it worked was a six man team, mm-hmm. so you kind of raced with everyone. And it was like my second to last ride or so, and I was just tied. Uh, I don't I don't know what the gates were. I was off the inside, tiles on the outside, and to ride four laps. Uh, I know it's a ridiculously little track, but. I was on the inside and he was on the outside and although in your head you're hopping, he's trying to pass me, he's trying to pass me, but you just to ride with him going around the outside, just letting it run, I'm trying to turn tie up the inside and to be physically going off the bend and you look to the right and you can see his front wheel, mm. it's it's just it's pretty crazy. And like same again when we went to the motorplex, which is the car track. We it was six man races and we're all on the start line and all me, Drew, Leon, everyone like that, we all want to outgate time. We all want to beat time. Yeah. The chances are we're going to do that is very, very slim. <laughs> but we're all hopeful. We're all young and we all really want to do it. Yeah. And I, I did it for, and I came off the race and I was like, I was just ecstatic and I literally probably led him for half a lap. Yeah. If that. But you come off the race feeling like, God, yeah. you did that then. Yeah, you, just, you've, led, you've led Ty for at least half a yeah. lap in your career. <laughs> and then I, I just remember after that race, he, he went up the inside and he come up after the race, he goes to me, should have clamped the door on me then, closed the door, should have just mm. clamped it on me, I wouldn't have got through. <laughs> and then for someone to then do it, like, it's just like when you do training days and stuff and they talk to you like they're on the inside, um, on the centre green and you're riding around, it's, it's, it's really good and everything. But for someone to be riding with you, Pass you and then come off the race and go, yeah, you made a mistake and you should have just camped me. You're like, what? <laughs> it's, just, it's just completely out of what's the normal and yeah, it it was pretty, yeah, it was unbelievable. 
which I've got to say the best way to learn is by by doing it. And of course, now you know next time, don't leave the door open yeah. so wide on the inside line, you know. And then they, just, they instead they'll just come right round you. Instead they'll yeah, just go right. round you, you know. <laughs> but, but to have someone like Ty, who's obviously clearly coaching you guys, you know. I mean, even to be you have all six of you on the line, and you you're the one who out traps him. You know, feather in your cap straight away. You prove that your gating is on, is on par with with Ty, if not if not better than Ty. You know, <laughs> but uh, oh, yeah, we that part. <laughs> well, he gave him a good run for his money. Put it that way, shall we say? <laughs> but um, yeah. So what we'll do now is we'll, we'll look back at um, your career so far, as we've just covered all the 2020 busy season you've had. You <laughs> um, started your your career obviously on the junior tracks, uh, riding the uh, the 150s around Arlington and uh, Lakeside. So how did you manage to get involved in, in, the, in the Hagen Academy then with getting your leg over a speedway bike? Yeah, the, going to the academy, that was purely luck, really, in the sense that I was always that little kid who'd uh, hang over the fence, wait, and just watch what's happening in the pits. Um, I'd always be waiting for autographs and stuff like that. And mm. we, our local track was Lakeside. It was only about half an hour away. Um, so... But we never really used to go that often. Like, we'd always watch the GPs on telly and do that. But I, we only ever really used to go when Paul were there. Oh, right. That was because it was the Australian riders and it was Jason Crump. And then we then had all Darcy and Chris. And it was, that was who I really wanted to see. So that's when I was allowed to go. Um, but then it just so happened that Martin Hagen started up this academy at Lakeside, which was kind of, it was just in the car park. And everything like I say uh, earlier, it's like 90 meters or so. Mm. And they put a lot of work into it, put all the main, no, cleared all the plot of land, put the fence up. And what was really amazing with it was for like someone like us, I always used, I did motocross um, before that, but you didn't have to have any equipment. They provided everything. Mm. So you could, like, you could just, you just turned up, it was 40 quid, paid you 40 quid, jumped on the bike, they told you how to do it and everything like that. Um, but that that's basically that. And I just remember just to, I remember first lap and you're jumping on it in a one forty for pit bike engine. Yeah. And you're kinda of going along and you're doing the throttle and you're jumping away and <laughs> hard. But by the end of the day it it tipped you down with rain. Yeah. And I was like, right, this is perfect, it's wet. And then I managed to kind of break it away a little bit. But when you're little and when you first started, speedway to you is just sliding it. And if yeah. you can slide it, you're like a professional sewer rider. So for me, yeah, that was that's what I remember. And I just went every Saturday, a bit like if you're going to football, just yeah. went every Saturday as much as I could. Um, and it just went from there. And then through that, I obviously, um, Martin was doing it, Gerald was doing the track and everything like that. Um, and I was just that keen little kid riding the bike as much as I can, uh, getting in line straight away, topping the all up, go again. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then to the shot, Martin then, it must have been, so I started at the start of the year in like May. And then by September time, Martin um, had then asked my, me if I wanted to go out to America with him. And because at the time they were doing the Monster Energy Invitational Industry. Oh, yes. And being a little 10-year-old, I'm thinking, is, is this real? <laughs> yeah. Like Martin used to race. He was better than my dad, but he used to race with my dad for a little bit. There. Okay. But like they, they took me out to America with, um, with Martin's family, Sam, Charlotte, Megan and everyone. But like... Looking back on it now, I could have been a right little um, idiot of a little kid, real moany, windy, just a real idiot. But they took the chance to take me out there, take um, one of them, I've been riding for just under a year, 
to go and race. I'd done one meeting and then I went out to America with him. And it was like, looking back at it now, you're like, how the hell did that happen? Like, how the hell? But no, Martin's been absolutely phenomenal to me. Mm. Um, from from day one to even now, like, he sponsored me with bikes and everything like that. And I cannot fault anything he does. He's absolutely brilliant. And yeah, he's one of those people in the sport that makes the sport. And yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, like I say, you can't say much much more about Martin Hagen because he has done a huge amount for the juniors. Yeah. Um, I mean, even with his own son Sam, Sam's now National League. You know, for what well, would have been this year, but now next year, um, and that sort of thing. And he, he, watching his progression and yourself, and of course Nathan Ablett, people like that have all come through that those sort of ranks. Because uh, I remember seeing you on a, in an afternoon down at Eastbourne and thinking like that. And then obviously when Eastbourne went National League, you done the second halves there on the 250 and the, the 140s. Um, so yeah, I mean, the, the Martin's back in in anything he's been great but when you rode in America you know it must have been a, a huge eye-opener to even think about sort of a, a small world speedway for yourself at junior level yeah like looking back at it now like I say I still can't really believe it all happened mm-hmm. how it did but we did we did I remember before we left Martin had a bike over here and he goes right this one you're going to ride in America just check it's all <laughs> right we'll run it and then we'll, and then we'll send it over yeah. and I'm not, I'm not any good yet. But um, yeah, like we did one meeting at um, Pirate, which used to be IMS, but now that's all yeah. been demolished. Such a shame that it's all been demolished for um, houses or yeah. whatever it is now. But like when you go somewhere else, like the whole culture of it and the whole atmosphere, like we were at a practice day and they had a popcorn machine. Like, <laughs> Something a bit different. Like, yeah, and then you're like, and then like, it, but it's all free. They're giving mm. you it, and then it. And so we did. We did that day, and then the next week it was the um, Monster Energy Invitational Industry. So we had a practice the Friday night. Um, and what was cool about the practice was, we're kids. We go. We're on one forties, one fifties. They're pit bikes, engines. You just go in and out, in and out, in and out, getting as much time as you can. Mm. But then the good guys, like say Scott Nichols, is there, and some and Gino's there. You had, I think Magic. Uh, I think Magic was there. Um, and everyone else mm-hmm. and they're all having to wait for you to finish and then they go out so yeah. they could just jump the queue they're waiting behind you for a practice session and then um, Darcy was also there and for me like I say Darcy was he was everyone knows how good he was yeah, yeah. and being the kid and getting to watch him in real life in America he was late probably yeah, I, I think I think I remember that that, that invitation. I think I watched it. I didn't watch it live, but I watched it like the next yeah. day or something. And I think he flew in the night of the meeting, or he flew in like you say on the Friday, yeah, and, he, think, and he jumped on the bike, jet lagged or something like that. I think it was. So yeah, I think, so practice they started at eight, and it ran through eight till ten, and I think they held it up for an hour or so just mm. so he could get. And he had one ride, and all of us kids all changed. And as soon as we heard he was there, we all just rushed to the grandstand <laughs> just to watch four laps or three yeah. laps. How many laps it is? And you're just shocked, like how tight he spun the bike round. And out there they have that the tubing, don't they? Yeah, they the do. Yeah. And like, as you all kind of think, oh, am I going to be able to get over there or whatever? And then mm. no one ever does it, do they? No. And then there's Darcy just locking it right up, right round the curve. <laughs> and the bike's bouncing across the little yep. tube and everything. And then just, just watching that and then 
we're all then after he's finished we're all then talking about it doing all of that and mm. yeah it's, they're the types of things that you got you look back on and they, they stick with you because just yeah they're just stuff that sticks to you i guess well it just sounds like darcy was one of your heroes to sort of emulate a little bit you know and think oh i could be like him one day you know, even at that young age, and the few meetings and the few rides you've had, and you've gone over to America, seen him ride and do his thing, and obviously then you would have seen him in the meeting. Um, I can't remember how many points he scored or how well he did, but I've known Darcy. Right. Tried. Fun, yeah, funny enough, he made the final. I, don't, I think he was off gate four or three or something, and then he managed to get into second, and he wasn't going to come second, was he? So he just chucked up the inside, over the tubing again, finished yeah. the row with him, and I, I think I, I think he must have clipped him, and he just flipped it and went straight through the fence pretty much. Oh, right, okay, yeah. Then, but not being funny, what an end to the meeting, eh? A, a big crash thing, is he going to make mm. it? And mm. like that, that place was packed out for that meeting. Monster yeah. hands everywhere, monster vans, trucks, mm. lorries. Because Kelly, does Kelly still run it now? As far as I'm aware, Kelly still runs it. Yeah, yeah. Um, when, I spoke, when, I, when, I spoke, when I spoke to Steve the last podcast, oh, sorry, the last yeah. episode of this everything. Um, yeah, he said that Kelly's still running it and he's, yeah. he really, uh, and, I, and I know Kelly wants to do the invitational again. Um, so maybe yeah. if you're good, if, if you're good enough, you get out there, won't you? Yeah, you've got points out there. Uh, I haven't. No, I've got, I've got, I've got no, no equipment out there anymore. No, nothing oh, right. like that. Because I, um, I, I know you rode out there. Probably. Yeah, I, 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 I didn't. You kept the bikes out there or what happened? No, well, my, my first meeting I did out there was at Paris. I did the handicap in the January yeah. of 2015. No, 2016, I did that. Yeah. Um, I rode Brock's bikes. And, oh, okay, yeah. And, oh, so you had Doug on the And Brock. One arm Brock at the time <laughs> I had. I had one arm Brock. Um, and I can't say I can't say thanks to them enough. Those two were spot on. Yeah. The only problem that we had was the fact that we didn't get to practice the, pre- the weekend before the meeting. Yeah. Um, purely and simply because um, it was raining. It was one of those, it was the winter, one of those winters where it rained in California. And you yeah. think, why am I here? I've come to England all over again. You know, and uh, I did a handicap. Um, I scored a few points, but the problem was I wasn't used to the equipment. That's what yeah. it really was. I mean, my highlight of the day, I think, was I was on the, the 10 yard or 10 meter line, and I managed, oh, yeah. to, I managed to hold off, I think it was Dylan and Luke Becker, Dylan yeah. Rummel and Luke Becker, for like a lap and a bit before they came mm-hmm. right around me. And then I thought, oh, crap, here we go again. Sort mm-hmm. of thing. But like, I mean, American Speedway is brilliant. I mean, if anyone gets a chance to watch industry or old footage of Pirate, yeah. um, Paris, anything like that, where they do handicap racing, um, it is one of the best things to watch. I mean, I don't know if you've done the handicap racing yet, but if you ever yeah, get a chance... No, I, I, I might have got invited to one of the Isle of Wight ones, but it ended mm-hmm. up not being able to do it just purely because um, we had another picture that day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you ever get a chance to handicap, do it because it is a it is a huge buzz. It's uh, especially if you get the top boys. It's you're not against... if you're on the front line though, isn't it? If you're at the start line, you're thinking. Well, if, uh, when I arrived at Paris, I was on the start line, but I was right on the inside line, so I had yeah. four gates spread across and I think gate one was the most rutted start I've ever seen in my life because everyone was trying to go off a fresh bit and yeah. I remember looking down one time and of course you know at Paris it's like it's not exactly the, the best lit track in the world either you know it's uh yeah. it's like they've got, the they got the traffic lights haven't 
Yeah, on the inside of the track, can... not the outside of the track. That confused yeah. me straight away because the first, I think the first round was that we all started on on line. The first yeah. round was, and then I think it was up until like the semis or something like that. Everyone went on handicap, and then obviously then your points went from the handicap forward. But um, yeah, that was strange. Looking at the looking at the, I was trying to find the green light on the outside, and I realised it was yeah. on the inside of my first race, and I thought. You know, I'm out in heat one. You know, I had uh, I think like two laps, three laps of practice prior to the meeting on Brock's equipment. Yeah. I had to change. I had to change the seat, which I couldn't do because I was out in heat one. So you know, I was riding Brock's bike. I was up like that on the yeah, bike. Brock you know, I was too. Yeah, and uh, I'd put my seat on it, and it lowered it by about uh, about an inch and a half, and it was like, oh, like I'm, I'm coming. Back. Sorry. Like a meter. Yeah, yeah. It, it was it was brilliant, but I can't. It, it was. My time in America was great because I managed to ride at uh, quite a few tracks. Yeah. So the best one I rode at was Victorville, myself, oh, yeah, yeah. which is like a, which is like Mildenhall but smaller. Basically, yeah. that's what that is. But you know, if you ever get a chance to go out there, mate, and I, I would grab it, seriously yeah. grab it, and have a but go at it. The thing with like American speedway, I, I don't think enough people mentioned it though. But whenever I get a chance, I always watch all the videos and everything. Mm. Like obviously, we we know Brock quite well, so it's always watching that. But it's the showmanship of it. Like before the finals, they all go out to the start line together. Yep. They all pick their gate, interview, and and then the best bit of all, the wheelies after the race. Oh yeah. Like those boys know how to wheelie. Like <laughs> you got Max who's doing no-handed wheelies. You got Billy Nero doing one leg off the side, and yeah. like being little. That's all I like when you're watching. That's the coolest part. Like the racing's brilliant, everything like that. But seeing the riders do what they do on that side of it as well, once mm. they've won, even if they come last, they're yeah. high-fiving with the flags, they're, they're mm. doing the lot. And I think that's the one thing with like, Freeway, just in general, wherever you are, it's the character side of it. And like, they've all got nicknames. You've got yeah, Mad Max. You've got everyone yeah. like that. And that, that's part of it. It's like, mm. it's like how Travis Pastrana has done with the Nitro Circus. They've exactly. developed characters and everything like that. And like, it's just so entertaining that side of it mm-hmm. your people can do it because like we always it, it's the same as everything if someone new to speedway never been before and they go they it'll take them a little bit to get into it yeah but if you take someone um one of your friends mm. they know say say if one of my friends going they know me so they understand it more because they're thinking oh jason's in this race he's in mm. blue and you get behind it so if those characters are already built up with the riders, it's quicker to learn and yeah, stuff like that. I think is just really important with it, and I think just kind of create what you can. Really. Yeah, I think also with the American Speedway. I mean, I've been a fan before I went out, and when I've been out, yeah. and since being back from it and everything, is that fact. There's like you say, industry, their parade, for example, they've got kids and. Teenagers, yeah. adults high fiving their riders because yeah. they're, they're going past, you know, yeah. and things like that, and they're taking selfies as they, as they walk past, and people have to walk around them, you know, yeah. things like that. I mean, I think Speedway in Europe could take a, a, a good look at that, you know, yeah. because um, when the Americans came over in the eighties, I assume that you've seen the videos of Kelly Moran, Sean Moran, yeah. all those sort of people. How that they were brilliant on the bike, win they could win races for fun, but there's always those sort of races where they were looking over their shoulders for the, each other, even yeah. though they're on opposite sides, and they were having a good show out of it. It was a good race yeah. out of it, you know. But I think I think in Europe it's it's a very very sort of professional and almost too professional that it's kicked some of these uh, people who have got a sense of humour and got fun and yeah. not necessarily cocky, but you can have a laugh with and be do practical jokes sort of thing with. They've been sort of stomped out of it a little bit. Not 
let's take it away from the British League or anything like that because the British League is, is brilliant to watch. Yeah. It's a good product. It just needs yeah. that sort of bit of fun, I think, back yeah. into it, you know, because that's what's going to attract the uh, the new generation of Speedway fans is trying to make it fun. I mean, you look at, I mean, James said it on a, on a previous show saying about the tug of war, the football and the infield, yeah. you know, and that sort of thing. That's the sort of thing you need to have bring back as fun, you know, and, and, uh, and stuff like that. But, Moving along from, because we could talk about that probably all night, you know, it's another thing again. If you want to do a part two, we can do a part two and talking about Speedway as itself. But um, moving on to your, still on your career, you made, you made your debut in the National League uh, for Lakeside in uh, 2017 against Bellevue, um, scoring nine and two. See, so I've done the research, you know. Is it <laughs> but, nine, two or nine, nine plus one? Uh, well, I got it. I found it was nine plus two. You got paid oh, eleven right. from five from five rides. Oh, right. I, I thought it was ten, so I'm happy with that one. That's even better. Well, yeah, there you go. I made, <laughs> I made you even better than what you were. So. <laughs> but um, how was how was your feeling going into that sort of first meeting then at national league level? Well, it was all a bit of a rush, really. Not going to lie, like mm. it was. We I rode there, like I say, I started the academy, and every year since we rode on the big track. So as I gradually went up the bikes. We'd ride more, uh, we'd do the races before the meeting. We'd get three races before the main meeting, and it was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Tracks all prepared. As mm-hmm. kids, you're thinking, we're GP riders here. <laughs> Tracks prepared for us. The good guys are waiting for us to go, and it like that. And then what, the year they went National League, I was in the 250s racing with Nathan, and like even all the crowd, like they used to like have their stopwatches out and they used to write down the times mm. and then we'd then like I don't know when it was like in the interval we'd do the Ben Fun collection and do stuff like that and we'd be going around oh, I'm walking around just doing it with the bucket and everything and they're going to me right you're actually one second quicker than heat two <laughs> and I'm like oh and everything and then but the fact that the crowds were taking notice of what my times were mm. is quite incredible really when you just think you're just going out there having a real good bit of fun racing with Nathan and have the good battles, and then you'll walk around, and then they all know who you are. Like mm. for me, that was just I'm just going out there to have fun and race. Yeah. And then that's and then it happened. It so happened that I, they're all going. When are you going to turn 15? When are you going to go on 500? And I was like, well, I'm just doing 250 this year, doing all the youth rounds and everything else. And then um, it then happened. John Cook um, contacted Martin trying to get me on the 500. And then Martin provided the bike, and he was like, "Right, we're gonna, Go we're, gonna we're gonna do the thing." So I had one pra- I had because I I didn't actually practice. We just did the races before, and I did it on the five hundred, and I went straight for the fence. And I thought, like, oh. <laughs> and yeah, so I as as I've gone down, I've hit the um, air fence and the handlebars mm. crossed in, and I've fallen my kidney. Like, right, yeah. that's the end. Of, that's the end of the season. And then like. We went to the hospital, did all that. And then a couple of weeks later, I was all, all good. Mm. And then um, we still had time. And then we were like, right, we can still do it. And then the playoffs were coming and yep. they put me in for the uh, playoff semi. So it was, it was a bit of a shock to the system, really, because I'd had, I'd had one, two rides and then one little Southern Track Riders meeting. And mm. then I was straight in the National League. So... But for me, like I won, I won heat two and everything like that, and I was like, right, we're okay. Mm. But it, even like going into that meeting, you're a, I was a kid, but you're doing a team track walk for the first time. You've got Kelvin Tatum was the manager, and you're doing a little track walk, and you're like, 
know, I had a track walk with people like <laughs> telling me where you know I could have just yeah. saw me and my dad walking it and just little things like that. Or like I was I was parked in the pits. I've never been parked in the pits like so I'm always out on the car track. So it's just weird things like that. And yeah, it it was brilliant because it was at Lakeside. I've been I was riding Lakeside the whole time mm. and been racing it as well. And yeah, for me that was like I had a race with Paul Hurry and we were on a five one and looked left. And then he was gone, and I was like, <laughs> "What happened was his, his cutout got pulled out by the bib." But oh, right. It was just, it was just stuff like that, and riding with a pair, and like, I don't want to it all day, but it was just fun things like that. And then after the meeting, obviously, then everyone's going up to me, "Well done, brilliant job," everything like that, and mm. yeah, it just went from there. I mean, it must have been quite fortunate that you were actually riding at Lakeside for your debut. You didn't have to go yeah. to Bellevue or somewhere like that. And then well, you think... But, yeah, funny enough, though, if I hadn't got in, my first one was in Buxton, so it would have been quite a shock, really, oh, yeah. going from that to that. And I'm really happy it was, because it's the same with everything. When you're comfortable somewhere and confident somewhere, it's a lot easier than going somewhere new or a new bike, everything like that. Like, we, we weren't even... like. Yeah, there was just stuff that on the bike we weren't really sure about still and just, do you know what I mean? Little things that you learn as you go along all the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like you say, you're constantly learning, you know, yeah. even from, like you say, uh, like we said earlier, it was the, uh, the pandemic year that we've had this year. You've learned a lot more um, than probably what you probably even would have done riding, you know. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, after that, that sort of relatively early baptism of fire then, shall we say, of uh, riding for Lakeside. Um, you moved on in 2018. Uh, you signed for Eastbourne in the National League as Lakeside went up to the championship in 2018. Uh, but you were still part of the Lakeside setup, weren't you, for that championship year in 2018? Uh, it's funny because everyone always, like, even when I was Eastbourne, everyone's like, oh, you're a Lakeside asset and everything like that. But for me, all it was was start at Lakeside, used to do the kids' stuff at Lakeside. Um, and did one meeting for them, or yeah. well, two meetings, sorry. And it was kind of oh. uh, everyone just could. It was always it's a funny thing with Speedway where as soon as you start talking about the word asset, certain people turn themselves off to you because they don't want to know, and some people make stuff up to try and do that. But for me, it was always nope. I'm just riding nationally, just sort of doing my own thing type thing, and that was what it was. But I was still very much included with Lakeside in the sense that I used to help out doing all their, um, they used to have a mascot program, so I'd go on the centre green doing it with yeah. the kids that were doing it, tell them, oh, look, look at the track, tell what the ride's doing, but keep it simple for the kids because at the end of the day, the kid doesn't want to know about gear and set out. No. Spinning up and all the stuff that we riders go on about all the time. They just want to know he's sliding the bike around the bend and he's doing a little wheelie off the bend. That's, that's what they want to know. Yeah, yeah. But um, so, I was there for the last meeting at Lakeside um, in 2018. Yeah. Uh, I think they ran a ride replacement, and you managed to get a ride or two um, as, yeah. their num- as the number eight. So that must have been a nice sort of thing to be part of that last meeting. Yeah. So it was it was the 14th September. It was my birthday. Oh right. So <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was your graduate. So I had a year at Eastbourne, everything like that, and it was the last meeting there, and it was. Obviously, at the same time, you're kind of like, this is where you've kind of grown up riding. This is the last one. And it's like, yeah. I'm finally 16. I can be actually included in different things. And you're like, oh. <laughs> but no, it was, for me, it was just being part of it. And mm. like, they were running RR, but I never really expected to get a ride or anything. No. Like, you're just there in case something happens um, and that type of thing. And unfortunately, Zach had a big crash on the bottom bend. And I don't know what he did. He must have lifted and obliterated all the air fence. 
and then we're kind of like we're gonna we're gonna have a ride now. We'll go to this warm up, be ready. Yeah. And it just so happened that I went out and my I was like halfway. It was like heat 10, 11 time. Tracks completely different to when I've ridden there. The riding the mm. start thing. And then I just remember I was gate one, and there's ruts at the start line, which has yeah. never happened there at Lakeside for me because I'm always off a fresh bit. Yeah. Um, and it was just me, Chris Harris, Adam Ellis, and then Jack Thomas. But it was just like, right, Chris Harris next to me. I've watched, I watched <laughs> him on the telly at the time. I've watched yeah. him on Sky, I've watched him. And, and as much as in your head, you're like, this is Chris Harris. But at the same time, you're like, this will be good. This Just make the start, be good, everything like that. And yeah, I, I nearly got a point, but I had a good race and everything. But just being in the battle of it and mm. everything like that, you can learn so much. And yeah, I'm thankful for Lakeside for everything they've done for me. Um, like, like I say, growing up there, being included, and for like the kids to be before the meeting, mm. oh, it's absolutely brilliant. Because when you're a second half as a kid, you kind of, it's always, everyone's there, everyone's tidying up, you're kind of the new talk, really. Yeah. When you're before the meeting, you almost feel, as silly as it sounds, you almost feel like the main attraction mm. in yourself. And you're, and then, like say, then you do your little parade and whatever, but the track's real nice, because it would be, but you learn so much more at the start of the meeting than at the end of the meeting when the track's gone bald and everything like yeah. that. And I just, you're just included that much more. And like we were, when we used to do it at Rye House, you're going out and you've got Doyle watching you. Look what yeah. the track's like. And you're like, what should be? <laughs> yeah. But, but no. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of like the top boys then going, what's the track like? What's the track yeah. like? What's it doing? You know, how's the, you know, and uh, yeah, I mean, like you say, it is chalk and cheese when it comes to yeah. doing a second half when it's as slick as the motorway or it's yeah. as deep and grippy, you know. And you think, as a rider, you think, oh, well, these top boys can do it. I can do it too. And yeah. you go out in there and the next thing you know, you're on your ass because the thing's yeah. looped on you. You yeah. know, I mean, I know from that experience, I mean, talking about riding before meeting, way back in my early second half yeah. days as a 16, uh, 16, 17, 18 year old, I managed to do Lakeside before the meeting as well. Yeah. So I'm, I remember we did it for most of the season on the start line and then the big boys yeah. started complaining about us yeah, doing yeah, starts, that, yeah. starts on the start line so they took us back to the 15 metre line and actually if I remember rightly I used to do pretty well around Lakeside myself and um, yeah it, the actual run to the corner you had was better because you weren't it wasn't such a short run it was yeah. a bit more like a, like a longer uh, run to the corner which was good but, um, but yeah I mean I'd say hats off to Lakeside they gave you the chance at all yeah. levels you know, and, yeah. you've gra- and, you, and you grabbed it. Um, yeah. And then obviously 2018, before that last meeting uh, at Lakeside, you done the season with Eastbourne. So how did that sort of come about then? Was it because Lakeside went up, you went to Eastbourne, or did you have someone else ask you, say, Jason, ride for us? No, we had, we had a couple of little things going through. And at that point, there was, we, there was one point, there was a thing about Rye House possibly doing it mm-hmm. and other places. But it, it was kind of really the, the best thing for me personally, like it was, a, I was at school still. It was a Saturday. Yeah. It fitted in nicer like that. Um, and it, it just, everything was kind of for it. Like you weigh it up what's best for you and stuff like that. And yeah, that was just what was, what was best for me at the time. And I mean, like the team was brilliant in the sense that you had a lot of characters in it. You had Mark Baisley in the team who's been there, done it, has yep. a laugh and everything. But as a kid, you're trying really hard and then you kind of see him just having a laugh. But at the same time, it teaches that side of, he's not really 
really worried about anything. He's just having a laugh and having a good mm. time. And obviously, Connor always puts a good team together and everything like that. But it, the way Connor, it was kind of a group of mates riding together, yeah. really. Plus me, Tom, and Charlie Brooks who were trying to get somewhere. Yeah. Re- in reality. Um, but, like, yeah, I, East Bourne was brilliant in the sense that the track was always prepared well for a National League uh, meeting. And, yeah, it was, it was a brilliant track because you had a home track advantage. When you're starting up, if you've got a little advantage over the better riders, you take it with both hands. Oh, because, 100%. Yeah. Because it's, it's like some of the races, I was, and I always remember it, I was number two for most of the season, and you're gate one or two, and you're thinking, this is your race. Pop out mm. the start, get to the curb, and do four laps as quick as you can. That's yeah. all you've got to do. And then that was your chance to just beat all the other number one. Because at the end of the day, that's your best chance. You've got the grip, a grippy track. They've got to get across you. It's wet, slimy, and you can get in the lead and just cover them, basically. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, because when, like, like when you're number two, you know, it's the easiest ride is having heat one on the insides. Like I say, yeah. track is immaculate. Best is going to be all night. You know, and then for you to pop out and either get a second place between a teammate or win a race, you know, yeah. you can't can't really grumble about it. Yeah. But um yeah, I mean that year Eastbourne was a hugely successful year. I think they won everything going. Yeah, we won everything for the national trophy, I think, but Connor was kind of obviously if you don't win it, you can't win it, I don't really matter. But <laughs> it, like I say, that it's a, it was a, such a professionally run national league club and I'm not saying no, no one else is or anything like that, but being part of it and like the the team, what team where we had, we all had Kevlar's, we got boots given to us and stuff like that. When even when you look at photos, it was a very professional setup um, compared to other clubs and stuff. And to be part of that first year and everything like that was brilliant. And also, and the nice thing as well, it was a winning team. I know everyone's got their part to play in a winning yeah. team, but when you're starting off and you're trying to get somewhere when you're around other people that are doing well, it brings you up as well. So, again, that was brilliant. Yeah, I mean, like you say, a bunch of mates having a laugh at a speedway track. And I mean... Yeah, no, uh, I, think the, I mean, the team didn't really change that much. I mean, I know Ethan Spiller came in towards the end um, yeah. and down the bottom end, which I managed to get on the spanners for a few times. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, except when it came down to the Milton Eastbourne clashes, I had uh, Josh oh, Bailey as my number one. Yeah. I was with Josh that year, but um, yeah, I mean, looking at it from an, an opposing rider point of view, as I was when Josh was there, you know, you could see it that the track was in your favour. The whole, the whole stadium virtually was on your side. Say, you know, yeah. um, I hate to be an away rider though because they they stuff you in the little corner, especially yeah. number seven. You buy the toilet. Yeah, there's nothing. It, it, from a professional point of view, it's probably awful, but mm. from a team and trying to win point of view, you're trying to put everyone as down as you can. So mm. I've Again, only been on the home side. So <laughs> well, I'm sure that might change one day, <laughs> you know. But yeah, I mean, but then again, that's another thing about having an advantage at home. You get the best of everything, you know. Yeah. It's, um, but like I say, yeah, the fans, the the way the track set up, the promotion down there at the time was, was fantastic. I mean, you could see it on the boys faces and everything and the success proved it you know like yeah. say missing out on one trophy and winning everything else you know you can't you can't really grumble at that and your first full season was, a, was basically yeah. a dominating year in national league really yeah no like i say you but even like and it was such a it was such a team together as well mm. with it like i say they're all just a bunch of mates who probably got to brighton together 
yeah. all clubbing together. But at the same time, it was the whole side that we, they were all mates. And when you're in the pit talking, trap walking, that, it's the team together. And that's the thing I think with lots of these one sides, because it's always normally a British-based team now, it's championship. Yeah. It, it keeps that side together. So, mm. again, Connor knows what he's doing. Connor did it near enough every year in the National League. And I think people kind of, you, people either love or hate Connor, but at the same time, you've got to look at what Connor does. And Connor mm. has always done a winning team pretty much. And that's not easy nationally. No. Nationally, you've got riders who are starting out, riders that are getting older. And there's such a, there's no in between with anything. And for someone to do it over, I don't know what Connor did, four years? Cause four, yeah, four, four seasons, yeah. Yeah. So, do you know what I mean? Like, even when you were part of it, mm. it, it was that whole, like Bradley Wilson thing, he's down top league. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, look at him in five years. You know, he went yeah. from a no, a virtually unknown in this country. First meeting, uh, scores 12 and five. I think only retirement cost him his maximum yeah. on, his, on, his, on his first night. You know, um, yeah, that 2015 year for myself and everything, that was a good year. I mean, you yeah. guys, the juniors, were part of as much part of the setup as what we were. You know, I remember that. But um, yeah, and also in 2018, you rode for Cradley in the National Trophy. So I mean that must have been good fun, more meetings and becoming and you, you came runners up in that that competition really in the end, didn't you? So how did that sort of come about then, Ryan for Cradley then as well as that, as well as for Eastbourne in that same league then? Cradley came about oh well how I think it came about anyway mm. was I did the golden helmet as one of my first couple of meetings on the five hundred and I was just invited to it. I think I was probably invited because Brock was riding and Martin yeah. got me in or somehow like that. But I think, or maybe even they just thought I'm a 15-year-old and, oh, let's see what it's like next Give year. Give a try, yeah. You know, I mean, like you would if you're a promoter. You're trying to get, a, it's a little, it's a fun meeting. Try and do what you can. And yeah, so I, I did well in that meeting. And then basically, I don't know who called me up, whether it was Nigel Pearson or whoever. Yeah. Um, Gary Patchett, Will, someone like that. But and then basically for me, it was, I'm, I'm young. I've only just started. I want to get as many meetings as I can. Brilliant. Yes, please. So that was purely how it happened. And yeah, obviously riding at Wolverhampton, another little track, but yeah. it's grippy on the inside. And it's, it's one of those where it teaches you a lot. So for me, it was, yeah, it was another great experience. And I'm so happy I did it. And even like now, you, we go to Scumford or somewhere and you've got all the crazy fans and they still regard you as one of their riders week in, week out. And I've ridden from for a couple of years now. So, yeah. No, I mean, Brian and Wolverhampton, again, you ride at Eastbourne and Wolverhampton, two of the most technical tracks in the country, probably, uh, as well as obviously growing up at Arena um, and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, it all seemed to, 2018 just seemed to snowball for you to be a good year, really. As much as, it, again, more meetings, more learning, probably... That's for me what I put it down to is, let's get as many rides as I can, mm. let's just ride as much as we can. I'm not in a GCSE year at school or anything like that where I don't want to be riding loads in that little period. Yeah. It's like, right, let's ride. Let's go where <laughs> we can. We've got a bike. It's like Lawson, really. Lawson is literally, he's got a van, he's got a bike, he's going to go to a meeting. Yeah. Doesn't need a mechanic, doesn't need anyone else like that. He's going to be there. He's going to, you always know what you're going to get, but he's going to do it. So. Yeah. I mean, especially, like you say, your age, you just want to get as much in as you can yeah. possibly can in a short space of time. But fortunately, it didn't fall into a school, a, a, a yeah, important I mean, school yeah. year. So, I mean, that way you're pretty good. But then obviously 2019, you signed for, you uh, originally with Mildenhall, 
obviously you were only looking at doing National League, and then the chance for, with Eastbourne came up after Eastbourne dropped Ben Morley. You uh, slotted in quite nicely. So first of all, talk, talk about your season last year, well, 2019 with Milnall. How'd that go for yourself? Again, I, that was, it, was, it was brilliant because for me, one of the big factors was it was a Sunday. I'm doing my GCSEs at school, so I can do it like throughout like that. Um, and also, it was a track. It was a. Tra- it was for me. It was the best track for me to go to. Yeah. Like obviously, Eastbourne's moved up, and I was looking with like logistically, really, where's near me and stuff like that behind me. And and Mildenhall was the best fit. And it was one of those tracks where it's a different track to ride. It's not a tight little track, as though it's little. Mm. You, it's almost you've got to carry a speed and you build it up and build it up. Um, so it was a perfect fit for me and no I, it was that was brilliant and that's why I'm back again well I was going to be back this year and yeah. hopefully next year so it, yeah. it's one of those yeah it's like one of those things where it's a real it's one of those tracks I know it's completely different to Bellevue mm. but it's so easy to ride but it's so hard to go quick so <laughs> yeah it is it, yeah it's one of those things where I've got a nice tight technical track but at the same time I've got one track that's little but you've got to go hard to get as much as you can out of it. But yeah. Neil, I'm just going to quickly go and get a phone charger and I'll be back in two seconds. All right, okay. So, yeah, I mean, talking about yeah, having that home track advantage at Mildenhall again, you know, it must have been sort of one of those things where, like, like you say, you know, one part of the track you can feel quick and then the next part of the track you can feel like you're, you're spinning yeah. or going slow. I mean, there's obviously been times where you've been sitting on the curb trying to think, oh, yeah, put it in the bag, put it in the bag. Um, riding a bit of that blue groove that sometimes comes up at Mildenhall and then all of a sudden, right around the outside, someone's past you. Yeah. You know, it's another head scratcher of a track. But, again, it's a track where you can learn and move forward with, you know. Um, I mean, I always compare it to a mini Kings Lynn, you yeah. know, Mildenhall. Uh, one of the funnest tracks to ride, but, as I say, one of the toughest tracks to ride at the same time. But, um, so, yeah, Mildenhall was going good for you then last year. Then you got the switch halfway through the season it would be the championship with Eastbourne so how did you find going full-time championship in last year yeah the championship is an eye-opener that's all yeah. I can say like when when I look back you think like the jump between kids to national league is going to be a lot mm. which yeah it probably is but you see a lot of people and I hope I'm one of them but it's not the biggest switch national no. league to, uh, um, kids to national league because you're kind of, especially if you're racing as a kid, you kind of like, but the championship's kind of the step where it's like you're against professional riders. Nothing away, taken away from National League, but every, most people have got a job and everything mm-hmm. like that. And there's some brilliant racing, but at the same time, it, it, you're, you're racing against people that are flying in purely just to do championship meetings. So the, the, the biggest thing I took away from doing the Eastbourne stuff um, last year was like the sheer. Thing between the first and those 30 foot yeah like clutch drop go but they don't show off going in that first bend they're not there they're making themselves there yeah regardless yeah. of what's happened mm. and but again that's it's their job they're they're living they're, they're getting paid to win races and pay all their bills and everything like that so they're mm. gonna they're gonna do everything they can and that caught me out a couple of times i'd be there or thereabouts and i'd shut off yeah and then they'd be gone Mm. And then you're against certain people. I remember being with George Stewart, um, I think it was Redcar somewhere. And I, I'd beat him out start and I was like, right, don't. And he just, just completely goes up the inside of you. Yeah. And like, as a, like, I was still going as, as a kid, but as a kid, you're kind of, it makes you think, right, that's where you've got to be next. 
And then I guess that's the same with Speedway. They then find it in the next step, and then the next step until you're obviously like Mars Luke and you're wheeling down the states and you're winning races. That's when that's when it becomes fun again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, like you say, you know, you know your mistakes you made. So hopefully next year now you'll be able to go into it with a lot more confidence, thinking, okay, I'm just doing it. Oh, you've got a friend in the background now. <laughs> and uh, you can go in there and have a, a lot more sort of more fun and confidence you know um i know you're part of the the gb sort of training academy i don't know what they call it now so I know the name keeps changing with rory schleim and uh people like that so have those sort of academies at bellevue helped you with your championship then during that year then yeah i mean like the the, the i don't know what we call it it's gb it's all it's all under the gb setup now mm. But it used to be called No Limits, and it used to be privately funded by Ian Simpson at ATPI. Okay. So rent a truck, and I know Ian Jordan put some money in, and it was all privately funded. Um, so Rory was the head tutor, and each, I think we did, I think it was every month we had a Tuesday, which was a track day, and um, yeah, some of that was pretty cool because we get Ty in for a day, we get Zagar in, and what Rory's whole thing was is he can teach as much as he can teach you, but that might not work for you. So then yeah. something that works for Ty will work for Ty, something will work for Zagar, work for Zagar. And like doing the track days and stuff when we do cone drills, so mm-hmm. what Rory will go is he'll go, we'll be at Bellevue, say, and we'll do like a free practice, by what we want. And then after that, Rory will go and put a load of cones out where no one's been. And he's like, right, I was hoping one of you would be out there, so I'll put the cones right out by the fence. So then you've got to do like three or four laps right around the fence outside the cones. And obviously someone's always going to get the cones and Rory has to go at you and yeah, do yeah. all that. So, and then suddenly they'll do, they'll do a drill where you got cut back. So you've got to go right around the fence, square it off. And it, But the whole idea of it, and it's similar to motocross where they do this, your technique. technique yeah. What always happens with everything, it's being able to do it if you have to do it. We're not saying you have to do four laps around the curb, but it's in your locker if you need to do it. So it's little things like that that's been really cool. And um, we've gone, we've gone through all our bikes and everything. And I spent a long time with Craig Cook going through the clutch, so I didn't really have a clue about it really. Because okay. and I just spent a lot of time going through it with him. I had all my questions written out. Yeah, and I was yeah. just going to go through all my questions, <laughs> just try and find out as much as I can. Um, but yeah, that's been brilliant on that side. It really has, and it's just brilliant for some like money being put into us kids. And it's like we've got to take with both hands and yeah, hopefully Oh, this signal's got a bit funny. Keep going. Yeah, so anyway, going back before we lost the connection there, we'll just go back over the uh, the fact that you've been working with Rory Schlein and um doing drill drills after drills after drills it sounds like um so yeah like you say technique you can't fault it in speedway um so do you feel like if you didn't do those those uh training sessions and all that sort of thing that you would be uh, a step back than what you are now i i don't know if it'd be a step back but it's it's the ability to be able to know you can do it like if it wouldn't have been for all of this you'd never we'd never have the confidence well we might have the confidence but we wouldn't in ourselves because we've done it before now we, like what he'll do is he'll put a cone right by the fence so okay. he'll be going down the straight and you've got to hit the fence ah, and, that, all right. and it's the whole thing of 
if you watch someone like Marzik now, he's going in the bend and he's hitting the fence and it gives him that extra, I don't know, two, three foot of speed mm. more into his corner entry. So because he's got that much more speed, he can then carry it, sweep around the outside if I want to do. So it's just it's just the ability to be able to do it. And like I've, I'm really big into the Merck cross and the super crossing. Like they spend so much time on the bike. I don't yeah. know there's another like motorsport where they spend so much time on the bike they're riding. Like F1, they're limited to testing time. MotoGP, you're limited to testing. Speedway, everyone only really seems to race because obviously you're racing so much. Yeah. But motocross, they're, they're doing turn tracks. They take the clutch off the bike so they, they're, they're getting their heart of their elbows up and they do so much stuff to improve their technique so then they can then go faster. And it's something speedway, I don't think it's very, it's not as big, especially in British speedway. But mm. like that's where we've been given the opportunity to track time where there's like five of us at the track and we've got the data ourselves. And it's, it's stuff like that that do not come often. And like this year, some of the days we've had, like we were at Kingsley with Jason Crump and there's three of us. And yeah. it's like, you're, we're, I'm riding two bikes, in, out, in, out, in, out. Just, you're just getting as much time as you can. That's, the, that's what I find annoying about Speedway. If you get so many people, and if you're not, like, if you're not a rider, you probably won't understand much. But so many riders say you're wearing out the engine. You're just mm. doing that. Why don't we just have a practice engine? It's all rubbish. Yeah. But you just ride. Because at yeah. the end of the day, I've been to so many meetings, like Newcastle, for example, I just struggle to get round. Mm. It's not because my engine's not quick enough or anything like that, or we have got the wrong gear on. I just can't get round. Mm. I just need to get the bike lower to turn it and just pull my finger out. So Yeah. Yeah, I mean like you say, because obviously, again, most tracks aren't like Kings Lynn or Bellevue or yeah. even Leicester, where they can just sort of say, right, okay, you can hire the track out for whatever money yeah. and then go practicing. But then you've had chance this year to have, like you say, tuition with Jason Crumb, yeah. which I saw a picture on Facebook with. And, of course, that must have blown your mind anyway, because, again, growing up watching Speedway, you watch Crumpy ride in his, in his peak of his career. Now, all of a sudden, mm-hmm. you're getting a bloke coming um he's sort of like saying well do this do that try this try that you yeah. know um the next best thing i suppose with crumpy would be him to come out on the track with you really yeah. would have probably been the next best thing really but um but no it's good to hear that yourself you sound so so much confident you know what needs to be done in speedway so hopefully you know you can get like a an old crappy engine sling yeah. it in a frame if it goes bang it goes bang type thing i yeah. know co- i know that costs money but the the theory behind it being is that you can go out there and yeah. practice and just work and work and work on little things you know it is the yeah. little things we can do it in juniors so why can't we do it in the seniors sort of thing you know juniors well, you can so, you can so, ride for so ages go into the jason crump stuff jason crump always I don't know, Jason Cup must have been when he, he was growing, growing up. He obviously had Ivan Major help him with that, mm. doing that train days with Ivan Major. Thing. But he always says, especially at King's Lynn, because we've had a few there, he's always said, just do as many laps as you can. Because I know there's still, I've watched videos and stuff and training days with Ivan Major when he when he's done like, when he was training with, uh, was it Man City? He was training with yeah, that's it, yeah. And he's doing like 20 odd laps or something, 30 odd mm. laps, just doing, stopping, filling up. But Jason Crump's thing is just do as many laps as you can and get him like a little rhythm and a little flow and just tick the laps off. And his thing is, things in really hard to do like four perfect laps. Yeah. Can you do five laps, six laps, mm-hmm. consistent? And mm-hmm. it's just another viewpoint and perspective. And like for me, he, Jason Crump was like, he was 
the guy. He was yeah. like, everyone else is here and he's he's up there. And whether that's because I was little and my name was Jason and I'm like, but for me i remember when he won his first part world title and i'm sitting at the telly and everything like that and hanging around getting his autograph and yeah. stuff like that but now to be stopped on the track by him and talking to him asking questions him pulling you up on bits saying you've done this well and yeah it's it, it's just like i say it's always perspective and it's always gives you a different view and like Jason Crump's been brilliant with the training side because yeah. he picked because I know he's done some in Australia, but he's very simple with it. It's no okay. It's it's all very simple. And what Jason Crump always talks about is finishing the bend. That's oh right okay. If you have, if, when you do, if you have like training goes Jason Crump, he's guaranteed to say it. And that's the big thing with that is speedways are third. Well, it's an oval. There's mm. two straights, two bends. Yeah. Don't complicate it. If you're not straight on the straight, not going quick enough. So finish the bend and get straight. And for me, wherever I go, whenever I watch videos now, I'm always just looking, is he straight? No, no. Mm-hmm. And yeah. even like after, if, if you go to a practice, if you do a practice day, with a spear bike, same as if you're doing drifting in a car or whatever, you can see the line, can't you, with the, yeah. with the back wheel. And obviously, if that's not straight, when you're going down the straight, you're doing something wrong. Exactly. So for me, that's the biggest thing I've heard. I mean, like I say, if you look at it from his perspective, and if you like say that, okay, look at hey, come off the corner, because that sets you up for the next corner as well. So, I mean, you can obviously change your mind going down the straight. A guy goes goes right, and you yeah. want to go left. That's where it changes. But in the, in the real thing of it, if you're leading, you come off a bend and you hit the dirt or whatever, and that gives you that push come off the corner. Yeah. So that will shoot you an extra second into the next corner. You know, mm-hmm. it's all about lines and everything else like that. I mean, again, being an ex-rider now myself, I understand what you say because obviously yeah. it will line you up for the next bit, the next bit, the next bit. But getting the laps in is the the biggest thing. I mean, I know some some kids when I was doing it would only do four, two, three, four laps. Yeah. do about six starts you know yeah. and something like that rather than going out there and doing like say four laps start four laps start four laps or start six laps whatever yeah. you know i know when i did it i used to do four straight laps as fast as i could you yeah. know and then do a start and do another two laps you know and things like that because that way you know you you've, you've stopped and in my mind it's like having two on the bounce sort yeah. of thing you know right but then I, I myself i know i couldn't hold on for the life of me for doing yeah. eight laps you know i was di- i was dying after the sixth lap sort of thing so i had to sort of stop but yeah the whole repetition sort of thing yeah. is the, is the key for, my, for most of these boys and i mean i'm sure if he works back to tie he does something similar you know he'll do probably four laps and then pull in or do five six laps pull in you know and that yeah. sort of thing so but anyway we're going to wrap this up now jason so okay. especially after the few uh, few uh, technical problems we've had, it's the first time I've had that on the show so oh, far. Yeah, sorry about that. Nah, don't worry about it, mate. Don't worry about it. We're all human. We'll forget to charge <laughs> our phones and everything, so it's fine. But um, right, okay, well, we'll wrap this up. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you, Jason. It's been great to hear about every side of it, you know, from your humble beginnings right through to now <laughs> to everything in between. It's been brilliant, mate. But uh, hopefully everyone will enjoy this. Um, like I said before, share it like us on Facebook, you know, it'll be on the podcast, it'll be on the podcast on Spotify. Um, so go check us out. It'll be on there. Anyway, cheers for that, Jason. Thanks, mate. Yeah, no, thank you again, Neil. And yeah, hopefully everyone's listened to, um, enjoyed listening to whatever we've been on about for the last uh, hour and a half or so. so yeah. 
it's what makes it fun, mate. It's what makes it fun. <laughs> but uh, anyway, mate, cheers, mate. No worries. Thank you.